Hello, and welcome to the Bellingham Real Estate Podcast. I'm Paul Balzotti. I'm here with Keith Zackel. Welcome, Keith. Hello, hello. And today we are talking about big tech and real estate and how big tech has been disrupting our industry and the future of real estate a little bit as well. Um, we're going to spitball about big tech and iBuyers, which is instant offers um, from online. And again, just about the future of real estate. So welcome, Keith. Thanks for joining, buddy. Thanks. Good to be here. And uh, Keith is our producer of the podcast. So good work, Keith. Doing a fabulous job over here, buddy. Mm -hmm. And um, he's been a realtor with us. How long have you been with us, buddy? Uh, since 2014. So okay. Just 2014. long enough to maybe know what I'm doing. Yeah, you do. You do. And I wanted to talk to you about this subject because I know that you love technology. Mm -hmm. You stay up on all this stuff. And so let's get right into it. So we're going to start with by talking about big tech, yeah. the big websites. So Zillow, Redfin, um, when you think about these websites, mm -hmm. what do you think about? And actually, more specifically, maybe we should actually start about the Zillow news that just came out recently. Yeah. Which news is that? The, about, about you, you know what the news the is. The iBuyer kind on, of there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's obviously, um, if you don't know... If, for those of you out there that don't know, Zillow was a big player or getting to be a big player in the kind of the iBuyer world, mm -hmm. buying up a lot of homes um, in certain markets. And um, I'm sure there was some writing on the wall, but it seemed like very quick. It seemed like almost overnight. They just started, they're out, they're pulling out, they're yeah. selling off. And um, obviously we're not in their boardroom, so we don't know what happened there. Uh, there's a lot of theories out there, but yeah, they're, they're pulling out of the iBuyer market, at least for the time being, it sounds like. Um, so that'll be interesting to see what happens in the future. Well, and... You know, what I read was that basically they were buying homes mm -hmm. and there were certain areas where they had, and obviously they weren't making money mm -hmm. doing it um, because you're buying homes at a lower price, but then they're still charging fees mm -hmm. and, you know, they don't have the boots on the ground to really do that properly. But what I had heard was, is that there was potential legal, now I don't know, but I, you know, but it sounded like there was a concern there that if one company goes and buys let's say 10 homes in a neighborhood yep. for 400,000. And then that same company goes in and buys the next home that comes on the market for 425,000. Yep. You're essentially artificially raising the values of that neighborhood mm -hmm. and you have essentially control of the, of the values there. So I think that that was also a concern. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a concern for, and we'll kind of, maybe we'll dig into it a little bit more later, but just the iBuyers in general. I mean, these are massive organizations buying up a lot of products. So it's not just Zillow. You have Open Door. You have there's quite a few of them. Is it possible for them to buy up enough inventory in a certain market at a certain price to then turn around and sell that inventory strategically to push the prices up? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, especially a smaller market. It's you know? it's concerning. It's concerning. So with Zillow and Redfin, those are the two biggest websites. Mm -hmm. Um. When we both use johnlscott.com, we use our tools. Mm -hmm. When when I first started, you know, the, online, every, all the listings were for sale um, online and everyone was looking online. This is 17, 18 years ago. And, but we didn't offer, our website didn't offer home valuations. Our, our, our website didn't offer the sold information. That was all stored on the multiple listing service. So agents or so buyers could, look online for homes, but we still held a lot of the information. Mm -hmm. Then Zillow comes along, Zillow offers the Zestimate. Everyone knows the Zestimate. Yeah. 
that they become the biggest number one website. Um, Redfin comes along. What I noticed that they did right away is number one, they started offering the sold information yep. um, online. And a lot of, I, at the time, johnlscott.com, realtor.com, all those other websites were not offering the sold mm -hmm. information. You couldn't look up solds very easily. So it allows the consumer to have that much more information. So Redfin kind of got ahead of us on sold. Mm -hmm. Solds. Zillow did with uh, auto evaluation. Now, of course, we offer auto home valuations. Mm -hmm. We offer, um, you know, our website shows you the pendings and the solds and the sold closing prices. So we've adapted, but we kind of fell behind as, as an industry, yep. right? Yep. So what are your kind of thoughts on how that's all transpired? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, there's two sides to every coin, right? So obviously on the, there's people out there that think these big tech companies are destroying real estate. There's other people that think they've been a really good thing for real estate and the consumer, especially like you're saying, the transparency side of it. Right. I mean, before, like we were talking about before the the podcast here, back in the day, they had real estate books. I mean, there's yeah. still there's still brokers here in our office that that used those and remember those. The realtors held the keys. You, we, we kind of were like, we had mm -hmm. the data. Mm -hmm. No, it wasn't out there as easily to get for the consumer. And these large tech companies came in and just disrupted that entire, I mean, I challenge you to go find a book outside of a museum at this point. There might be one or two brokers in our office mm. that still have a book laying around in their office. But um, literally all the information we have now is in the public's hand, which is a good thing, I think. Transparency right. is a great thing, but that has forced brokers, and this is the other side of it, uh, it's forced brokers to change their ways. You are right. no longer the key holder. You, right. Uh, you have to lead with service. You have to lead with your lead with your client in mind, and um, because they have all the access. The question is, do they know how, what to do with those that information? And that's where realtors can really still um, realtors could, can still really separate themselves. Is we know how to aggregate that information. We know how to analyze the data uh, to get the best deal, the best situation for our clients. So there's two sides to that coin. I think. They've, yeah, they've forced the industry to change, hands yeah. down. Well, and like I mean, you're saying, like you were saying, we all we all now have our own version of estimates, if you will. Yeah. So, so, so you're you're essentially saying that it ultimately is we're in a better place in the industry because of Zillow and Redfin, and because of those innovations, because it's given the consumer more information, it's given the consumer more of what they want, which is absolutely true. And then now every real estate company has evolved. Mm -hmm. Um, to offer those same exact services. We have auto values that we email to our clients every month now. Yeah. Um, and we call it our buyer market analysis. And then we have all the same information. And another thing that's kind of a fun fact is johnlscott.com updates with the Northwest MLS within five minutes. Yeah. And so does Redfin. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, most of the real estate websites, and actually a lot of them still, maybe you're two, three, four, five hours behind the MLS. So more and more of the multiple listing service information, data and timing, how quickly is all bridging the gap. But to your, to your final point, you still have to be able to interpret that data. So if, if you look at the sold homes around you and you're like, okay, how much is my house worth? I have this estimate. I have all these sales. You know, if you haven't been through those sold homes, if you don't know how to analyze, how to adjust for you know your value versus others, there's still that 
boots on the ground expertise, obviously, that realtors provide. Yeah, that's that's the advantage that realtors or, or brokers have still and yeah. that I hope they're embracing is that, sure, these big tech companies can do auto valuations, right. but their estimates at best. Now, their algorithms are getting better. I'll give them credit. I think the estimates are getting closer. They and are getting closer. closer. Yeah. But when John L. Scott, and this is one of the things I love about John L. Scott is that we have jumped head first into the tech world. We are not holding back at all. And our, our tools that we have, our website and our market updates that we have are top notch. Yeah. But here's the difference. These big tech companies are sending you an algorithm and it ends there. Yeah. You get to go decide or figure out whether that algorithm was right or wrong. Right. For us, yes, our market update is sending you the evaluation. But you also have me sitting there looking at that same evaluation right. and going, oh, you know, Mr. Mrs. So-and-so, this says that your house is worth 500. My comps say that it's maybe a little bit lower, a little bit higher. You have a hyper-local expert, boots on the ground, that knows your neighborhood, knows your market, knows what houses have really sold. Because sometimes Zillow will miss, I shouldn't say Zillow, but these tech companies will miss homes or they'll pull a home. Like my neighborhood where I live, we border a neighborhood that is like twice as expensive as my neighborhood and I'll get my my evaluation from from my Zestimate or whatever because we should all subscribe I, I subscribe yeah, to it yeah. I want to know and it's amazing how many times they pull from that neighborhood yeah and they just don't know well that skews it so sure. that's the advantage and where where brokers still have the advantage we know our markets and where you are still in the the advantage to have a broker on your side don't just trust that tech company right right absolutely okay so let's jump to iBuyers, yep. um, which is the second topic I want to talk about. So how Zillow and Redfin, we've talked about how they've changed the, the whole way the industry works. Um, now, iBuyers had become kind of the latest. And, and iBuyers relates to Zillow was doing that. That's what we just we started with is the news that Zillow got into iBuying and then got out. Mm -hmm. But there's still open door. There's still yep. other companies yep. that are offering to do instant offers. Um, what are your what are the good, bad and, and ugly you know, yeah. side of that to you. Yeah, I think um, iBuyers are, it's just a techie word of saying something that's already existed before. Right, right. right. We've always had investors. Yeah. Investors yeah. are not new. We've also always had big money investors where there were institutions buying uh, investors. You yourself can go buy into a, it's called a REIT. It's mm -hmm. an a real estate investment portfolio that you can essentially put your money in to buy mass real estate. So these are just technology driven. All they've done is taken something that's already been out there and they've added tech to it. They've added big algorithms to it and things. And now you can go on and in one click, get a offer for your home. Mm -hmm. So it's streamlined the process, but it's still big money out of the big, you know, New York or wherever you, they're, they're based out of buying massive amount of homes in as investment property. So there's pros and cons to that as well. You know, there's definitely two sides to that coin. Well, and so really that's, Kind of the same exact thing that's happened, though, is as these big tech companies have got into investing mm -hmm. and creating a, a format where if you wanted to sell your house, you could click on a couple buttons and at least get an offer mm -hmm. if you needed to. We've adapted and said, mm -hmm. OK, we can bring you an instant offer, too. Yep. And um, and I will say that even though it is true that real estate companies have been behind Yep. technology on offering things to consumers. Um, it's definitely been, so it's interesting that way that technology has, you know, led the charge as far as offering better um, services in some way. But 
our company and I know our office, mm-hmm. we're definitely at the front of the pack as yeah. far as offering those services to kind of catch up, which is we, ha- we, we offer, we, when we meet with a client, we'll say, okay, if you want an offer right now as is, we can provide that. We have investors in our own office. Mm-hmm. Um, our company has connections with institutional investors. So we're offering those services on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's better for the industry, of course, because we're giving the consumer more choices. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, what you're looking at when you have a, a broker involved, you're getting that personal touch where they're, they hopefully are looking out for you. When you get a big tech company involved, they're going to make you the offer based on their algorithm, what's in best interest for them. Right. Now, so for us, we get to sit down. That's a good point, actually, that we're, yeah, we're giving them the option. Exactly. Based on their needs. Yeah. Yeah, I get to sit down with somebody and because we do, John, we do have essentially an iBuyer program that we can bring you an instant offer. It is going to be below market. Right. Because that's. Is what it is. That's how if you don't want to go. If you don't want to go on the market to get otherwise, if you don't want to list it and get top. Yeah. Dollar, yeah. If, if your situation dictates that that's the best move for you, we can sit down and say, okay, we can bring you an instant offer. This is how much they'll pay you. You know, mm-hmm. or we can go to the market, and this is what the market most likely will bear you. But yeah, you got to go to the market, and you got to get your house ready, and you got to go through inspections and all that kind of stuff. But then, because we're boots on the ground and we're advocating for you, we can come in and say. Hey, if this is the best choice for you, awesome, let's do it. If it's not, we've got other services. We got Market Ready Plus program where we'll actually come in, look through your house, get contractors lined up for you to do any repairs or any updates we need to do your house. You can pay it for it at a closing if you qualify for it, of course. You know, So we have other services that we can come to help you get on the market because we know that for you to go on the market, it takes work. It can be stressful. Right. There's, other, there's a lot of pieces to that. Now you got people coming. So we are there to advocate for you. But part of that advocating for you is taking ourselves out of the equation a little bit, showing you all your options. So I love that we have an iBuyer program now because it's out there. We have to Mm -hmm. get on board and it might be a great option for some, but we're showing that it's still less than what 1% of, of um, home sellers end up doing an iBuyer program. It's very few that do it. Yeah. And just kind of big picture overall is where things have gone Mm -hmm. is we, we started, brought up at the beginning where the old school realtor was holding all the cards, holding all the information, yep. and they could essentially make a living mm-hmm. off of just being friendly, being a salesperson, and, and having more information than the consumer. Mm-hmm. The industry has adapted yep. to where now you not only do you need to be a hyper-local expert and be very active, boots on the ground, being able to interpret the data, being able to you know know more than the consumer to be able to provide them a better analysis on things, um, so you can be a, a, a proactive consultant for them um, on the information available. But we're now in a service industry more than ever, mm-hmm. where we're offering all of these services mm-hmm. and not just helping them get in the door and helping them put their house on the MLS. It's becoming more of a hyper-local expertise, but then also a service industry. Yeah, I think what technology is, and I said, it's two sides to every coin. There's definitely people out there that that push against the technology. But yeah. I think the modern broker, if you want to look forward five, 10 years into the future, the modern brokers are going to be the ones that can take that technology, leverage it to the best of their abilities to serve their clients even better. That's even a better way to put it. Yeah, and even, <laughs> a good example of how I, how I like to say it. It's kind of like, so we're both married, Right. right. And I don't know about you, but I'm I'm horrible with dates. Right. right. So it's very easy for me to forget my anniversary date. Yeah. So I use my phone. I set a calendar 
reminder yeah. to alert me, Maritak, two days in advance. Don't yeah. remind yourself on the day of. Right. Two days in advance. So you have time to go get a card and flowers. It alerts me and tells me, hey, go take care of your wife. Don't yeah. be that husband. I can go out and get flowers. I look like the hero. It's all great. Technologies does the same thing for us as realtors. It helps us do our job better so we can better serve, better take care of our clients. They have a better experience buying or selling or investing in their next home. Yeah. It's not, so it doesn't change the, it shouldn't change the relationship. It should help to enhance it or to make it even better. So that's another solid point is that a lot of realtors get, they hate Zillow. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of resentment towards technology and how it's taking clients away from them or affecting their pocketbook. We haven't even talked about how um, when, you know, you do an iBuyer program, when you use Realtor or Zillow to meet your agent, you know, they're taking a fee, mm -hmm. which lowers the fee that the, the commission that the broker gets. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of resentment towards that. But we just watched a video where they were talking about a webinar where they were talking about how 90% of consumers, when they close, they're very happy with their Realtor. Mm -hmm. um, but a year later, only 50% of the agents are even staying in touch with mm -hmm. their client. So a year later, it goes from, oh my gosh, my, my realtor was amazing. They were mm -hmm. so great 90% of the time to, oh yeah, I can't, you know, what was my realtor's name? I don't even remember mm -hmm. anymore. And yeah. so, you know, that also speaks to your point about um, setting reminders and, you know, and continuing to do, you know, when you're married, you have to continue to do all those little things, you know, mm -hmm. to keep the relationship special and celebrate the anniversaries and all yeah. those kind of things. Well, it's no different than with a homeowner, you know, mm -hmm. um, realtors have to keep those relationships going. Yeah. Um, otherwise, essentially, they lose some of their clients to realtors who are advertising on Zillow or Redfin when that client doesn't feel that connection with the realtor. So that's a whole nother well, can of worms, too. Yeah. And I think and I think so that's the side of the realtors lose out. Right. Right. But the clients lose out, too, because if the they had. A, yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the I think the greatest power of a broker is not necessarily the transaction. Yeah. It's that lifelong relationship that they're going to be by your side for all things real estate. Um, so it's, I think if you have just a transactional attitude where you're in, you're going to get in, do the transaction and get out, you're missing out. And the clients, that's, I, I feel bad for the clients at that point, to be honest with you, because you should be giving them regular, not just market updates, but Hey, this home sold near you. This is how it affects you. Yeah. Hey, there's this new, you know, your, your air conditioning is going out. I know a great air conditioning guy because I work with these people all the time. Like there's so much that a realtor brings to the table that is important for us to build on that relationship and keep that relationship. But it's nearly impossible to do that from a broker's perspective, especially when you have a lot of clients, unless you leverage technology to help you do that. Yeah. So technology, it's, it's, it's a great tool, but yeah. it's really easy to become all consuming as well and, yeah. and take over and be what leads the relationship should still lead. And I think that's where... Realtors that realtors that succeed are going to go. So the re lead with lead with the relationship, yep. and uh, our back core value is the technology. Yeah, back it with the technology, and you know, live life as a contribution as Absolutely. we try to do. So hey, if you need a realtor who leads with relationships, Keith's your man. Yeah. You can reach out to Keith if you are looking to buy or sell. Thanks for joining us today, Keith, Absolutely. and having the conversation. Thanks for watching and listening, and cheers, guys.